0: Welcome to the TESFE podcast with me, Sarah Simons. In today's episode, I'm joined by Maria Wilkinson. Hi, Maria. Hi, Sarah. Welcome. Um, Tell us a bit about what you do.
1: So I'm a faculty director at the newly merged Buckinghamshire College Group and I look after health and social care, child care, counselling, access, sport, public services and science. I love my job. I love what I do and I have some amazing people that work with me to help us get our students to where they need to be. You've been
0: in FE for a while, haven't
1: you? I've been in FE since 1986. <laughs> so um, I've got, I've got my gold star, I think, by now. <laughs> started <laughs> off at part-time doing three or four hours a week, and it kind of progressed from there, really. I spent some time at High Peak College in Buxton. Then I spent most of my FE career at Swindon College in various guises there, making my way up to be a curriculum area manager, and then uh, became a curriculum director and now a faculty director at what was Aylesbury College and now Buckinghamshire College Group.
0: Shall we have a flick through this week's TES? Yep. I'm just looking at this editorial first by Julia Belgutai. It's I think this is a lovely piece and something that I you know, I don't really think about that often. She says here we spend a lot of time talking about giving young people a chance to stand out, a chance to shine. Mm-hmm. But her editorials are about the people who, who want to fit in. She says many will actually want to do more than anything else. It's quite the opposite to standing out. Make sure that your classroom or workshop is one place where they feel safe and can simply be... One of them, one of the
1: mm-hmm. gang,
0: you know, one of the
1: group. Yep. I think she's spot on there because when you're looking at a, a classroom full of students, for the most part, there's two or three students who are taking a lot of the airspace, and then there's like the, the rest of the group are chipping in when they can, or or laughing when the two or three make a joke, and then there's the quieter ones that are sat kind of kind of sat in the corner. So I think absolutely she's spot on when you look at the majority just want to kind of fit in with everybody else really but it's that kind of group in the middle that almost get forgotten about sometimes that we have to kind of think about and consider when we're in the classroom
0: sometimes you just get those groups don't you i think it's quite rare where you get mm-hmm. a group where everybody kind of has their place in the social structure yeah it's very rare do you know i had one years ago and on paper they should have been a total nightmare they were level one right. plasterers <laughs> doing functional skills with me and there was all sorts going on in the Uh the group. There was all sorts of different learning difficulties and disabilities. There was behavioural stuff. Some had already um, had a difficult time at college and had to uh, finish for the rest of the year sort of thing. This should have been a really, really tricky group and they were just wonderful. There was such a range Mm -hmm. of skills within the group and such a range of personalities, but they all kind of fit in. Yeah you know I yeah. found their place and there was the quiet ones and there was the the ones who had far more academic skills than the others who almost enjoyed the rest of the group as a show
1: yeah. I had a group of year two national diploma of business students about seven or eight years ago now and they were very similar and there was there was some really big characters in the group and there was some very very quiet characters in the group and there was lots of different cultures in the group and they, as a group they did everything together and there was all these all these different kinds of people some of them were really skilled at doing some things and some of them were really skilled at doing others and they all but they all helped each other particularly when they were doing group assignments and there wasn't one person in that group that wasn't included at all in any of the stuff that they did so if they went out to do social stuff then everybody went and if they did a group activity or we went out as a group um, like We, we did a, a success trip to Alton Towers and, and they all came and they all went round together. They didn't fragment and split into groups. They just all went together. Mm. And it's just lovely to see. But I don't think I've had that since. Yes. <laughs> not in, not to rare, that extent. It? And it's great to see them all helping each other, which is really nice.
0: Yeah, let's crack on with the rest of the TES stuff. The first piece is Mm -hmm. again by Julia Belgatai and the headline is It would be wrong to talk of apocalyptic scenarios but Mm -hmm. industry leaders are warning of a whole host of problems with the government's ambitious plans for T levels not least the proposal for each qualification to be delivered by a single awarding body. So that's what this piece is about. The whole idea of single awarding body. Damien Hines stuck to his guns over the first qualifications being introduced in 2020, which overruled the Department for Education's most senior civil servant. This is Jonathan Slater, who warned that the timescale was very challenging and highlighted yep. general concerns over the regularity, propriety, value for money <laughs> and feasibility of public spending. And I think the fact that it's been put off
1: for a year tells a story in the background as well, I think. we due, were due to teach them September 19 they've been pushed back to September 20 and I think that tells its own story and I think having a single awarding body for each pathway if you like of the TQOLs is actually quite damaging almost you know at the moment there's different awarding bodies for pathways and those awarding bodies look to each other for inspiration if you like things don't become so dry because there's other people always innovating so that means that then another awarding body has to come up with something different to make them different and I just don't know where that's going to come from if we just have one Awarding body looking over one pathway.
0: Yeah, it's this whole idea of monopoly, isn't it? Yes, yes, um, absolutely. Portsmouth College principal Steve Frampton feels it is in everybody's interest not to have a monopoly situation that leads to mm-hmm. limited choices for colleges says I think teachers are very sophisticated in making those choices between awarding
1: organisations they know their students that's the absolute key to that piece actually it's the last paragraph he's basically saying you know you've ta- you're taking the choice away in my area in sport we have three different awarding bodies for different levels because each qualification fits fits better for that level of student yeah for example we'd use first for sport for the football academy that we've got and we use btech for the for the general sports students because because those qualifications fit for those students and i don't know how we're going to have that choice if we just have one awarding body for sport for example
0: i get that there's lots and lots of awarding bodies and lots and lots of qualifications and maybe streamlining those qualifications mm-hmm. a bit might be yeah. useful in terms of communicating what they are and what the level of that qualification yep. is to the world outside of education i get that mm-hmm. but there's quite a big difference between streamlining and scrapping it all and let's yep. have
1: one it absolutely needs consolidating there's no no two ways about it there's qualifications that probably shouldn't be there but this is a proper situation of throwing the baby out with the bathwater it just would seem that anybody in education such as steve frampton at portsmouth college would you know not suggest that we have one awarding body for pathways?
0: Reading this as well, it seems that there's potential legal battles <laughs> ahead. The Federation of Awarding Bodies, which is the Trade Association for Professional and Technical Awarding Organisations, has more than 140 members. Tom Buick, who's their chief executive, fears that the procurement process was fundamentally flawed. He says there are concerns that the government is using the procurement process to destabilise and undermine the market. But they are assuring me that is not what the intention is. It would be wrong to talk about the apocalyptic scenarios. But we have got a lot of work to do to ensure that integrity and commerciality is not undermined.
1: The Institute for Apprenticeships is also looking at, you know, whether legal battle might be needed. But he's used the word integrity. If you've got one awarding body that's overseeing the whole of a strand of vocational pathway, how do you measure that integrity? There isn't anybody else that's kind of coming in and saying, actually, we would do it this way. And it's suggested in here that, that potentially we could look at having more than one awarding body working in collaboration to to run a pathway even that's going to be an awful lot better than having just one awarding body overseeing it
0: yeah the consortia of awarding bodies a spokesperson for pearson says it has raised concerns about plans for awarding organizations bidding for an exclusive license which we do not believe to be in the best interest of learners. The proposal represents a fundamental shift in the model for delivery, which may result in inherent risks and potential unintended adverse consequences, including a lack of resilience with a significant reliance on the bid winner, the loss of innovation and expertise, and a lack of choice for providers. The next piece is still about T-levels and is by Tom Buick, who's Chief Executive of the Federation of Awarding Bodies. And the headline is... T levels must be a fresh start, not a false dawn. And he's Mm -hmm. talked about the history of England's technical education and how things have gone a bit what's up along the way. He says, England has unfortunately become a graveyard of laudable intentions and a series of false dawns for technical education. The stark reality is we only get one shot per generation to introduce the scale of transformation required. So he said there's a £500 a year will be made available eventually. But given our poor rankings for the standard of technical level skills, we're in the lower quartile of the 35 OECD countries. Per-pupil funding for vocational education will need to increase significantly over the lifetime of this parliament and the next.
1: We're poorly funded as it is. And a lot of colleges became very, very efficient in the running of their organisation and then were hit with the study programme where they had to deliver 540 hours within the same framework that they'd already built. They were so efficient that they couldn't then add teaching hours on because they couldn't afford to. And now we've got the TQOLs coming in and it's looking like it's going to be almost double the the quantity of hours that's needed to get a qualification. So it's how that is going to be funded. £500 million sounds like a lot of money a year, but really when you consider how many colleges there are in the country and other providers that are potentially going to offer the T levels, it's going to be very little per student. I don't think it's going to be sufficient. Well, it won't be sufficient for what, what we need to do. Then you've got, with the T levels, the work placement element of it, as Tom said in his in his piece a bit further on, is going to be a nightmare to fulfil because there's no incentives from the government for employers to be involved in T levels. So how do we get those high-quality placements it's work placements it's not experience it's actual placements a minimum of 45 days a year for those students without getting employers on board and how do we get employers on board without having some funding to do that
0: Tom Buick says civil servants pay attention need to pay attention to three key issues first one Mm -hmm. is the reality that no single body has all the expertise to deliver a successful T level
1: And he Mm -hmm. discusses
0: that. The second one is that there's a challenge of persuading parents and students to see T-levels as the gold standard on a par with A-levels. Talked about winning hearts and minds uh, via a national major marketing and communications campaign and it needs to commence immediately. If you look
1: at, at staying with the A-levels and the comparison with the T-levels, then you've also got that, well, there isn't one single awarding body for A-levels, so why are we going down yeah. one single awarding body for, for the vocational route, when actually, for vocational routes, you probably need a wider scope of awarding bodies with more expertise in because it's employer-led. The
0: third one, as, as we've just talked about, is the availability of quality work placements, for the duration required is going to be a herculean challenge
1: yeah because he goes on to say it's rare for more than a third of firms to get involved even in world-class systems so even in like the german technical education system it's very rare for more than a third of local employees to get involved in work placements you've got to think about the employers that are involved in england and it's even less than a third
0: i'm not feeling as optimistic as i should (laughs) well let's hope something happens something magical happens well fingers T- crossed. To, for all this to work out and we have you know we have this system that we're all dreaming of
1: yeah fingers yeah. crossed somebody decides to listen in the not too distant future
0: yeah that'd be lovely right let's, yeah. let's move on to this uh, next one which is me going on about taking an exam <laughs> it was my final exam in my english literature course Okay. that I've been doing at Open University and it was my end of year two exams. I've done six assignments and this was the final exam. So it was a three-hour exam. There was a whole range of stuff that it could be on. I'd studied like mad. Right. At half term, my husband and son were away and so I thought, I'm not going to leave the house except to take the dogs for a walk. I'm not. I'm going to clear my diary completely and I'm just going to focus on revising (laughs) i didn't have a conversation with a real life person for that whole week because i was studying so hard because it meant so much to me i hadn't thought about how i was going to feel going into an exam i felt properly ill yeah there was almost like a a lack of daintiness in the tummy area right and everybody in the waiting room was like that as well you could see everybody sweating a bit looking a bit rough so people chain smoking outside
1: and mm-hmm. I thought,
0: oh, I didn't expect this. I didn't expect to feel like this. This is awful. And it's, yeah. it's an exam that I've, I've done the most studying for of any qualification I've ever, ever done. It should have been yeah. one of those things. You know how you say to students, this is your time to shine. This is your time yeah. to go in and show them what you know. Yeah. Oh, what on earth have I been saying to students for all these yeah, years? It's a load of old rubbish. you yeah. know. <laughs> Does anybody say yeah. it's normal that you might feel a bit weird? You might feel like you want to go to the toilet. You
1: might feel like, you know, you're a bit shaky. We talk so much about resilience and about, like you say, going in the exam room to shine and it's it'll, it'll be fine. Don't worry, you'll be fine when you get in there. We don't actually say what well, might feel like this and this is how to deal with feeling like that. Yeah, I think there's a little bit to be said about how we potentially prepare our students for exams i think some of them if, if i look at students at college where they've got to retake their gcse english and maths for some of them you almost see this numbness to exams yeah. so they've had so much examined things happen to them from primary school they almost become numb to it so they go into that exam room and they th- and they think, well, I'll, if I can't answer, I'll just sit there and I won't do anything. But some of them get really nervous because they want to do really well. But actually, I think if they've got to that point where they've taken their GCSE English for four- for the fourth time and they still haven't achieved it. And we're going, you need to come in, you need to do it, you need to sit down, you need to remember. They're just really numb. They've, they've just been examined to death.
0: it's difficult finding that balance in it between preparing them through doing lots of tests and them totally kind of buying into the the fact that when you sit down in Mm -hmm. that exam room that's it
1: you did your revision you spent the whole of half term revising because you cared because you cared about how well you did and you cared about and i love it i love it i love the work you you know we need to rethink about what we're doing and the conditions of funding and what we can include particularly in vocational education, I think, from, from an examination point of view. Have you got your results
0: already? <laughs> no, not yet, not yet. I'm signed up to do my next course, um, okay. my third year course, which I'm focusing mm. on children's literature. But this is the thing. This exam, if I pass or fail, it not matter. I don't get a better no. job. I don't earn more. I'm doing it because no. I'm really interested and I'm really enjoying it. It has yeah. no consequence. The exams no. that that our students do often there's huge mm-hmm. consequences you yeah thought, oh my god if i feel like this for something that's just measuring how much i've learned as a hobby what does it feel like when you know the, you, the next two years of your life at the very least is dependent yeah. on on this yeah well maria it's been absolutely lovely talking to you thank you so much
1: i've really enjoyed it thank you sarah
0: this has been the tesfe podcast with maria wilkinson and me sarah simons Join us again soon for all the FE news and views. Thanks for listening.